So the other day, me along with other individuals in my group were asked, how do I know that the Bible is true? Some said, man, prophecy. Some said the historic. Some said all these different things and how history has lined up and how things are just falling into place according to the Bible. Me personally, I went straight into apologetics. Oh, this happened because this. Historics, historical land sites, archaeology, all my personal testimonies on how the Bible has to be true. But that's not the answer they were looking for. So let me ask you this question. Without saying anything about historics, archaeology, apologetics, good facts, any of this, how do you know that the Bible is true? What's going on, everybody? Today, man, we're talking about what led me in my personal life, my personal testimony, what led me to a deeper love, a deeper relationship with God. I shared previously, and if if you haven't heard it, I encourage you to do so. I shared who I was, man, um, how my thoughts were so lust-minded, how you know it was difficult for me to connect with people, make friends, how it was difficult for me to just do everyday things, right? It was just difficult. I was down bad mentally, like I was just down bad as like a person. My words, I used to curse like a sailor. Um, and I don't I don't I'm not gonna judge anybody who who's still doing these things or who's still um maybe struggling with certain things. But as I got closer to God, I realized that my life had to change. So I'm gonna talk about how we all can grow and what causes us to transform. What's that transformation, that metamorphosis? First, let me just put it out there. Um, disclaimer, it was the Holy Spirit, but we're going to get there later on. Some people say that when you get close to God or when you're starting your relationship with God, that there is a season, a time of isolation, a season of seclusion where you're just by yourself and you're like, Lord God, why am I here? What am I doing here? For me, that was like the COVID period, a little before COVID, but that couple year period of just COVID-19, man, like I was... I was secluded, bro. I was solo. I was locked in. And I realized that I can do I can do two things. And now after I gave my life back to God, that was the COVID period. And I realized, okay, I haven't read a book in like five years. Let me just kill two birds with one stone. Let me just get close to God and read a book at the same time. You feel me? So that's when I started to get in my word. That's when I started to read my Bible. Um, I shared that my grandmother gave me a chronological study Bible. So it was like all the books were jumbled up based on when in history they took place. So some stories from the books of the book of Kings was in Jeremiah, was in Isaiah, was mixed in with Ezekiel, you know, just stories that were just in chronological order. And in my in my reading of the Bible, you know, and just me praying for the spirit to guide me in all truth, I grew. The first thing I want to say is, man, I grew in an understanding of the character of God. There are some things that are inevitable when reading your Bible, when going, when growing close to God. And that's, you're going to know who he is. People are trying to tell you who God is, even your own feelings telling you who God is. And we know the great adversary telling us who God is just based on how we feel based on the moment, but go back to scripture and just look on how, look at how God interacted with humanity. Like look how God interacted with broken humans. Look how a holy, completely set apart entity interacted with sin. So with that being said, I learned to let God tell me who he was. And that's something I encourage us to do as we grow and read our Bibles. Don't get your picture of God or try not to get your picture of God based on your feelings, based on the situation, based on the moment, based on anybody else. But let God through his scripture, through the Bible, 
tell you who he is. The second thing that I learned was just what it cost God to save our lives. Just the cost of the, just the price of our salvation. You know what I'm saying? Um, that was a situation that unless God himself intervened, we would not be here. So in growing closer to God, first, I saw the character of God as revealed through scripture. And that's something that's a constant thing. All of these are constant things every day. God's going to reveal himself in some way every day. The second thing is I grew in an understanding of like the cost of like our salvation, just what it cost God. And the third thing, a very important one, is I understood that the only thing and I'll, I'm continuing to understand that the only thing that will keep us, that's able to keep us in relationship, not only with our loved ones, with our spouse, with our, our partner, um, husband, wife, the only thing that will keep us in relationship with God is a love for God. So it may seem a little confusing now, but it's going to be tied into the end. How do you know that the Bible is real? Now, again, in my story, I wasn't always how I am now of course, right? Like people have come up to me and said, man, you still surprise me to this day. I got pictures of myself from 2017, 2016, 2015, 2019, even 2020. And I'm like, man, I came a long way, but I would feel burdened by change, man. I would feel like I cannot be myself if I draw close to God. I can't really create. I can't be a creative if I draw close to God. I can't create if I take Christianity serious. I really don't see myself listening to any other music. And that's something I actually told myself with a group of friends in the dorm room. I was like, yo, I cannot not listen to this music. I can't see myself. It sounds too good. Things like, yo, I'll be lame if I draw close to God. Things like all I need is the knowledge of the end times so I'll know what to avoid so I can live how I want now and get close to God later. I would say things to myself like this and change to me was a burden. And I associated drawing close to God with forced behavior modification. But that is not what the Bible teaches, nor is that what God can ever expect from any of us. Let me share with you what the Bible has to say about how God changes and transforms character. Now, we know in the four Gospels, the 12 disciples of Jesus Christ. And historically, I just want to put it out there. Each and every one of them were under the age of 30. Um, historically, you know, some people say it's from ages 13, maybe 15 to 25, but historically they were all young men, young adults. You know, we see the influence, not the influence. We see the character of Peter. We see the character of James and John, those two semi-racist, uh, power hungry sons of thunder. And we see, you know, with the character of these three individuals. And then we see in Acts chapter four, verse 13, who they become after spending time with Jesus. Now, Acts chapter 4, verse 13 says, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were one uneducated, two and untrained. And they marveled and they realized that they had what? Been with Jesus. So not only was my mindset of, be, of how God changes character wrong, it wasn't biblical. And I don't want you to have that same understand, that same mindset of, oh, I'm going to be lame. I'm going to be this if I draw close to God. No. That fear comes from a sense of forced behavior modification. Like, like looking you're the back one at, who's in looking charge back at my story in yourself. Change was a burden. Drawing close to God was something I didn't want to do because it was as if God was requiring me to stop doing the things that I wanted to do with no help. And that is not true. You know, all God requires, and this is just a side note, 
before we get back to it, all God requires, he doesn't want you to change yourself because you can't do that. I can't do that. He just requires you to spend time with him, be around him, show up to places where, you know, he is. Now, let me present you a question. How do you grow in love for God? What causes individuals to want to grow in love for God? The answer is you open your eyes to the love that he already showed you first. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, which says, we love him because he first loved us. The only way to grow in love for God is to recognize that he loved you first and to see just what he did for you and I. And this is how that changed my life personally. As I grew with God, I recognized that the lifestyle that I wanted to live was contrary to the lifestyle that God, the one who saved me, wanted me to live. The things that brought me joy, pleasure, peace, happiness, quote unquote, happiness, were things that brought God, the one who saved my life, grief. So what did I have to do? I had to grow in my knowledge of who God is. And in doing that, I understood just what he did to give me life. Now I shared with you that it is not within our own ability to change ourselves. It is not within our own ability to stop doing something that we love doing. I did not get here on my own. So what does that mean? Turn with me to Psalms chapter 107, verse 20. Psalms 107, verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, the Bible is very clear. Proverbs 10, verse 29 says, The way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. Now, if a sinful lifestyle leads to destruction and God's way of life leads to uprightness, how do I know that God's word is true? Because I am changed and I'm not who I was. Because God's word set me free. Because something other than myself changed my life. And just so we're on the same page about just how much God loves us and what he did in order to save us, listen to this clip by Sam Shamoon, who was an ex-Muslim Christian apologeticist. Why was the crucifixion necessary? The crucifixion was necessary in order for God to be perfectly just and righteous and well, as well as loving and compassionate. And what do I mean by that? If God simply forgives you for breaking the law, that means God is more loving than just. But if he punishes you for every infraction against his holy commands, mm -hmm. then that means he's more just and holy than loving. So how can God be loving and just at the same time without compromising either one of those characteristics? Because if he simply forgives you for violating the law without demanding that the justice of the law be met, that means he's much more loving than holy. But if he punishes you for the slightest infraction against the law, that means he's much more just than loving. So how can God be both perfectly loving and just? The answer is found in the cross of Jesus Christ. Because at the cross, God's justice is satisfied and his love is perfectly displayed. And what do I mean? Now when you turn to God and ask him to forgive you for your sins, God can forgive you without compromising the just demands of the law for punishment because Christ took your punishment. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a very crude analogy because it's not what Jesus did, but it's an analogy to help you understand mm -hmm. my point. You go before a judge and you have a fine of $500. Now the judge in his mercy can pardon you. So he pardons your fine, but then what he does, he steps off his judgment seat, takes off his robe, and then he pays the fine for you because it turns out the judge was your father. So as a judge, he passed sentence, 
right? You owe this fine, but I pardon you. But as your father, he pays the debt of that fine in order to maintain the just demands of the law. That's what God did in the person of Jesus Christ. As judge, you are guilty of sin and therefore deserving of death. But as a father, I forgive you, and I, in the person of Jesus Christ, my son, will pay the debt for you so that the demands of the law have not been compromised. That's why the cross. That's why the crucifixion. So remember that yes, although the Bible is backed by the historical, archaeological, prophetic, and all the evidence it really needs to be proven true, the best testament to the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth are the lives of you and I. Others should be able to see how the Bible has made your life better, and in doing so, it makes it more attractive to them. How has Jesus Christ made your life better? How has he transformed you? That's something I want you to think about. And now I'll just list out my tips for spiritual growth. One, get a physical Bible. It beats having your phone, it beats having notifications on your Bible, it's not the same thing. Get a physical Bible. Implement prayers throughout your day. You know, I would share that I started my prayer life with just, dear Lord God, please help me get to my destination safely. Jesus' name, amen. When I got to my destination, thank you, Lord God, amen. That's how it started, man. It doesn't have to be big. Keep showing up. Put yourself in position to hear God. Join groups. Be around him. Just like how the disciples spent time with Jesus Christ and the Pharisees were able to tell. Be around God. Put yourself in position. It may seem lame. It may seem corny, bro. I know. But bro, your spiritual life is worth so much more. It, the, it outweighs it, bro. Just put yourself in position to hear God. Go to those Vespers. Go to that Bible study group. Understand his character because that's the biggest thing. Keep showing up. Your willingness to learn goes a long way. Your willingness to grow goes a long way. The Bible mentions that if you grow close to God, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. God sees that and will bless your efforts to get to know him. Why wouldn't he? Give yourself grace, man. Because let's be real, none of us can change in a day. Isaiah 66, 8 says, Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? So, bro, give yourself time. It takes time. Things take time to grow. Things take time to grow. And I'm going to say this for last. Keep showing up. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep going. Because your work will be rewarded. Peace.